to join us as we open the word of the Lord in the midweek to find out what the Lord would say to us in this hour, to give us encouragement and to give us some direction as to what we need to do in this hour, in this time, in this place. Because we are waiting. You say, well, what are we waiting for? Well, we're waiting to see what the next thing is that's going to happen. And right now, the Lord has given us time and space for repentance, for devotion, for getting together with our families, for being close in our homes, for finding him, for addressing issues, struggles, problems, making Jesus first. And I am so thankful that you decided to take this time to be with us. God bless all of our online church. We love you. Can't wait to see you face to face. We know you're out there. And we are believing that God is going to reunite us. I would like to remind you that Sunday morning will be our ladies' day service. It will be the first time since we've been here and the first time in my life when we have not had a church present to celebrate it. Nonetheless... We are going to have service, and in keeping with the tradition that we have, we are not going to be having service Sunday night. It will give our praise team a little break. God bless them for doing such a stellar job, and our media people, our musicians. And before we go any further, Brother Richard Stretton is experiencing a low blood pressure and some clamminess. Let's just pray together. God, send your healing angel right now to touch Brother Richard and strengthen Sister Marilee. We trust you and we believe that all you have to do is speak. And we speak the word in the name of Jesus, believing that you hear and answer when we agree in prayer. In Jesus' name, everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. So in light of the fact that this is Bible study, we are going to study the Bible. So I hope you'll get out your device, your handheld phone, your tablet, your Kindle, your iPad, iPod, or your actual scriptures. And turn to the book of 2 Peter, the first chapter. And I'm going to read... <clears throat> <clears throat> several scriptures, and you can read them with me silently, or you can read them aloud. Sometimes when you read the word of the Lord aloud, it becomes more powerful to you. I would also uh, encourage you to read it in several different versions. Sometimes you can squeeze out a lot more meaning if you read several different versions of the same scriptures. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. Everyone say all things. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. So he's given us everything we need to live and to live in a godly fashion. He's given us all things. How? Through the knowledge. So you have to know Jesus in order to get what you need that's necessary for life and godliness. 
And this was written to the church. So there was the presumption that these people had already been baptized in Jesus' name, received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But your life just begins when you engage in this gospel. And so there's a teaching process. He said, you're going to know him. And he's called us to two things, glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Lots of promises. I'm thinking of several right now since pastor has been teaching for the last six weeks on Monday night from the book of Revelation, which is very meaty. It's not oatmeal. It's not cream of wheat. You have to sink your teeth into it. You have to take a deep breath. You're going to go under for a while. But there's a blessing in it. And he said, there are some precious promises to the people in seven churches. He said to the angel, which means he came to the pastor of the church in seven churches, seven different kinds of churches, and said, look, I got something to say to you. He didn't tell it to the church. He said, I'm going to the pastor, and I'm going to tell the pastor what needs to happen in this church. And he said, I want you to take care of it, or there will be consequences. And then he turned around and said to him that overcomes. Now, that could be to the pastor, I know what you're dealing with. I know that every one of the seven churches has got an issue, and I'm going to tell you if you get over it, I've got something for you. But I also tend to believe that's for anybody in any one of those seven churches that reads that and says, man, I got a boatload of stuff to get over. I don't know whether I'm in the church of Smyrna or Ephesus or Laodicea or Thyatira. And the Lord said, not necessary for you to know. I know you've got some stuff to get over. If you get over it, this is what you're going to get. Oh, hallelujah. These exceeding precious promises. Great exceeding promises. Say, why do I need to read promises? Because that colon says, this explains why they're so great and exceeding. That by these, and that word these refers to, great and precious promises. By these, you might be partakers of the divine nature. He said, when you get a promise and you grab onto it and hold it to you, when you're tempted to do something you shouldn't do, go to a place you shouldn't be, say something you shouldn't say, this promise kind of pulls back. And as that promise begins to pull you back, your nature begins to change. Now, you have to be willing for it to pull you. you say, well, I want to go to a church where I don't feel convicted every time the pastor gets up to speak. Well, you and I are going to have a, have a little problem because the entire Old Testament was full of people who were pulling one way and prophets that were pulling the other. And the Lord did not remove the prophets from the people until Malachi when he just said, I'm not talking to him for 400 years. So although you'd like your pastor to be your very best friend, 
You might like him to participate in some of the things you feel like aren't right to make you feel better. God has put a man, a minister, a voice in your life to go, uh-uh. No. Why? Bridge out ahead. <laughs> and, and so he, he says, I'm going to pull you. I want that man or that woman to get up and tell you promises because I want you to be like me. I'm not trying to spank you or get on to you. I want you to have my nature. Boom, comma. Having escaped the corruption. Uh-oh. Well, let me tell you what's happening in the world right now. It's like water on metal. There's a whole lot of rust going on. You either have rust-oleum and it's just rolling off of you or it's penetrating. And he said the corruption that is in the world is there through lust. What I want, what I think I need, and everybody is in a me, myself, and I mentality. I'm sorry, I've got to take care of myself. I got to have that crate of toilet paper, and you get in my way, I'll shove you to the ground. I've got to have that. That's for me. Put your mask on. People are getting angry. Me, I protect, which flies in the face of. If a man seeks to save his life, he will lose it. But if a man loses his life for my sake, he's going to find it. Here and life eternal. Now, this is where I'm taking my text. From verses 5 all the way down to verses 10. Because he said... And beside this, beside the promises, you say, well, if I just memorize the promises and I quote them when I'm in temptation or I'm struggling or I'm going to have the divine nature. He said, no. He said, I want you to give diligence. You know what diligence means? You know what I did. I looked up every single word. I wasn't sure of the meaning. And I looked and di diligence says haste, which means hurry up. Zeal means I've got to do something about this. Earnest effort means I cannot sit in church in service after service and not act on what I'm hearing. He said, I want you to add. So my thought tonight is, our Bible study is, it's time to add. This is time. This is it. He said, I'm going to give you a space. Your home, you can't go to all of the places that used to get you in trouble. I've, I've pulled you away from them. Now I want you to add some things. You believe in God? Excellent. You've received the Holy Ghost? Excellent. You've been baptized? Excellent. Are you adding? He said, I want you to be earnest and sincere. See, I don't know how much longer it's going to be before we all have to get up and go back to the life we left under an increasing pressure that we didn't have before. Now is the time to catch your breath and go, God, where am I going to start all this? I'm going to start it right in my home. I am going to use the circumstances of my current life. Everybody say, where I am right now. That's right. You're going to use your work situation, 
whatever that is. You're going to use your home life, whatever that is. You're going to use your family life, whatever that is. What, wherever you are, we got to add. We've got to add. Say, I must add. He said, I want you, you believe, I want you to add virtue. Now, you know what virtue is? Excellence. He said, I don't want you to be slipshod. And there's a scripture in the word of the Lord that says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. And then he said, I want you to do what you do as unto the Lord. I want you to do these things. If you're going to babysit, babysit as if you were keeping God's kids. If you're going to cook, cook as if, if you're going to mow the grass. If you're, he said, do everything you do as if you were doing it for me, because you're going to add to your faith. Say, well, I, I don't, I don't believe that. He said, I want you to give me your best. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, that's not the work of God. The work of God is in you and me. And we use the way we address our daily lives if we really believe the Lord is watching. And the Bible said, he is going to reward us according to the deeds done in the body. Not how many times we lay awake at night and thought about doing something. He said, I want you to dedicate your work as if it were to me. I want you to dedicate your service as a mom and a dad. I want you to dedicate what you do for your family. I want you to dedicate what you do for your church, what you do as your... He said, I want it all. Do it as if you were... He said, I want you to add virtue. I don't want you to do a half-baked job. Say, well, nobody will know. Yes, he will know. Now, you say, what is your proof? And I don't have this scripture down, but you can write it and look it up. It says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. That's in Psalms. What it is is, God, I don't like the job I have right now, but it's all I've got. So I'm working at a drive through fast food restaurant. I, I don't, that's all I have. And I'm going to, I am going to be the best drive through short order cook. I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be excellent. Not so I can get a promotion, not so I can get a raise, but because second Peter, the first chapter and the fifth verse said, I know you believe in God. Now do something with excellence. Then he said, I want you to do this. I want you to add to your excellence. That means you're really going for it. You're doing your best, whatever it is. He said, I want you to add knowledge. Now, that does not seem logical to me. He said, I want you to be zealous to do an excellent job. And while you're doing an excellent job, I want you to add something to all that zeal and that excellence do you know what this knowledge, this gnosis means? The knowledge of God, Jesus Christ, salvation, and how to walk and live daily in the faith. He said, I want you to study how to please me. I want you to, I want you to learn about me. Say, well, I just like to sing and shout. He said, I want you to learn. I want you to crack a book. I want you to go to a Bible study. I want you to ask some questions. I want you to write a list of questions. And then I want you to break open your Bible. I want you to figure out the answer. And if you don't know it, I want you to call somebody and text somebody and say, explain this to me. Why? Because I'm going to add to what I'm already doing 
I need some knowledge. Whoa. God wants me to learn? Exactly. I believe in singing and shouting and dancing about. I love music. I love, but he said, there is a time when you need to study. That's why our pastor has cracked open revelation. Is it easy? No, absolutely not. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to make us dig. Say, well, I don't want to dig. Then you cannot add knowledge to your excellence. You say, well, why do I want to do that? Oh, I'm going to show you at the end of this. There's a definite reason to do it, trust me. He said, now once you start working with the knowledge, then he said, I want you to smack in some temperance. Did you know that the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but charity builds up? So he said, I want you to temper what you've learned with self-control. I don't want you to go around learning things so you can argue with people. I don't want you to learn these things so you can challenge what the pastor's teaching. He said, I want you to learn it so you can practice some things in your life that you didn't know you should be doing and you shouldn't be doing. You say, why? Why won't the pastor just get up and tell us what to do? Because the scripture said, work out your own salvation. Yes, our salvation is repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But not everybody has the same weaknesses, and some of us are not even going to think twice about doing something that someone else would be death and destruction for them. So you can't go, well, if I can't do it, you can't either. I'm not talking about things that are destructive. I'm talking about things that lead us down the road to sin and separation from God. And it's different for everyone. There are some phone conversations that should never take place. There are some texts that should never be sent. There are some people that we don't need to be around for more than 10 minutes. You may have a family member whom you love and it's just as toxic to you. Well, I don't have your family member, so you can't limit my phone call because you need to limit yours. But if it is leading you in a road away from self-control, hello, he said, I, I want you to learn, and then I want you to learn to control yourself. I want you to gain some self-control. Say it's getting good now. <laughs> I know I don't like it either, but we, it's in the Word, so we've got to do it. Now... He said, once you get temperance, and if we could get temperance, we could, I feel like we could just stop right there. If I could control myself, my word, rapture me now, I'm ready. But guess what? You're going to love the next one. He said, now, as you're working on self-control, I want you to do it with patience. Oh, please, God. He said, I want you, when the kids get on your last nerve, I want you to practice patience. He said, I want you to add to your temperance. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I believe in God. He said, do you? That's awesome. Get zealous. Get busy. 
Get diligent. And when you get diligent, I want you to do something really well. No half-baked jobs. No partial. No slackers. He said, I don't want you to give me a half-baked job. Don't you dare. You give me what you give me with all your heart. Then I want you to learn about me. I want you to learn about what I was like in the flesh. I want you to learn how to live and walk with me every day. I want you to learn every day. And I want you to do it while you're controlling yourself. And I want you to control yourself with patience. And you know what patience means? Steadfastness. That means I pray to God we don't add these virtues like my exercise plans. Hello. 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 It's very quiet. Where I am right now is exceedingly quiet. I could be in my bathroom talking to myself right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Instead of on the internet just announcing to everybody, it's so easy to pick up something. Say, I am going to, we call them New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do it. But just not today. I'm going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow gets, oh, Lord, Lord, I overslept. Oh, Lord. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and exercise. Don't hear me say that because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to you that patience is something we develop in the details of our life. Whatever your life is. You can say, well, are you telling me to be self-disciplined? No, because there are people who don't believe in Jesus Christ at all who have got self-discipline down to a fine art. They eat all vegan. They don't have an ounce of fat. They're fabulous. They don't know a thing about Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. He said, I'm looking for a moral excellence in you in addition to exceeding promises. You did not receive the Holy Ghost to just sit down like a slug and say, come get me, Jesus, when the trumpet sounds. We can't do it, folks. The Lord has given us a Sabbath. We better start adding. Start packing your bag. You know what I feel like? I feel like the Lord's saying, get your bag packed, sissy. It won't be long. I'm going to blow the trumpet. Do you have all the things I told you to get? Did you add some virtue? Did you add knowledge? How much do you know about me by experience and study? And by the way, while you're at it, how self-disciplined are you? And when I speak to you about what you're doing about deep, 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 and you're getting out of balance, do you listen to me on the first time, the second, the tenth, the twentieth? At what point do you go, yes, Lord? He said, I want you to develop some constancy. Not, I'm here now. Oh, I'm not there. This is why we have regular church services, so that it builds the habit of discipline, preparation, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. He said, I want you to develop some endurance. So we fast, and we do it regularly, and we don't come to church hit and miss. Why? I, I, not so that I can give you a gold star, because I will forget to give you your star. Uh, we do it because by faith, even though nobody else can tell it, maybe what we're saying is, God, I am adding to my faith consistency in Bible reading, in fasting, in praying, in checking myself, in doing good works. I'm doing everything I can to add to my faith. I got to do something about it. 
Some of you have been sending cards. That's wonderful. Some of you have been texting each other and Zooming and calling. What are you doing? You're adding to your faith. Now that's different than I'm very lonely and I feel like a black hole and I need you and I need you and I need you and I need you and I need you. That's a different motivation than I'm reaching out because I'm adding to my faith or I'm reaching out so I can suck someone dry. Same action, different motivation. Does the motivation count? Absolutely it counts with God. Counts. Then he said, I want you to add to your steadfastness, your patience, godliness. What? If I could get to patience, I would think, take me now. If I could get there where I'm just consistent and I'm not griping and complaining and murmuring, I'm just steady on it. This is what's required of me. This is what I do. I don't grumble about it. I just do it. This is what Jesus has called me to do, and I'm going to do it. He said, I want you to add a sense of godliness. And guess what godliness is? Are you ready? Do you have your pen and paper down so you can write this down? It's reverence. Well, I'm going to be patient with you, but I'm not going to give you much respect. He said, I want you to be patient with reverence. Reverence toward whom? He said, reverence, respect, and piety towards God. While those kids are on your last nerve and you're getting ready to let it rip and you'll forgive me for referring to the female roles or a man is like, my God in heaven, if I could just get to my man cave, but I can't because I got my wife and my kids and they're around me all the time and they follow me into the bathroom. I know men need space, introverts. Well, let me tell you, I'm an extrovert. I need space too. I need it. He said, while you're working on patience, I want you to realize who's watching the whole scenario. So you're not biting and snapping at each other. Popping one another and saying, you need to be glad I'm doing this for you. Somebody say, oh me. He said, I want you to put that in there because that's the salt and pepper of this whole thing. You have got to season all these additions with God. I am doing this because it's in your word. I got to do it. Then he said, once you get reverent, you're going to add two things that are going to be the sum total of all that you need to fulfill your calling. He said, I want you to add brotherly kindness. You, you know what? We're not even fit to be kind to each other until we go through. Well, let me start at the beginning. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, and then number seven, brotherly kindness. Once you get all that working in you, then you can turn around to someone else. And do you know what the brotherly kindness is according to the word of the Lord here? The love of brothers or sisters. The love which Christians cherish for each other as brethren. That's heavy. He said before you can even get there, 
you got to be doing some other things over here in your private life. Do you notice that? And then suddenly, because you've got patience and diligence and virtue and self-control and knowledge, you suddenly are are valuable as an encourager and a you know Peter the Lord gave him the keys to the kingdom but he said you know what Peter Satan has desired to sift you as wheat but when you're converted I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail you and when you change right now all you can see is you and how large and in charge you are you just dressed me down and I had to say Satan get behind me he said I've prayed for you that if you can hold on to your faith, then you can add to your faith. You've got to add, though. You can't just say, I'm a believer. Dear God, Peter said, Second Peter said, you've got to be more than a believer. You've got to be adding something. And then brotherly kindness. I thought if I hit brotherly kindness, take me now, Jesus. Take me now. But no, there's something else. He said, when you start practicing, you say, what am I doing? Have I attained it? No, but I'm practicing. What are you doing? Normally, you'd yell by now, I'm practicing patience. What are you doing? Why are you working so hard? I'm practicing virtue. Why are you in there studying and reading books? And how come you go into hyphen Bible study and zooming in? And why are you doing that? I'm practicing knowledge. What are you doing? I'm practicing. I haven't achieved it. I haven't mastered it. But I'm practicing because when Jesus comes, I want him to see me working. I, he gave me two talents, one talent, ten. I'm practicing adding to them. Now, whether you got ten talents worth of faith, Five, two, or one. He said, I expect you to add. Now, I don't know if I'm going to hit all of them, but I am sure going to try. Because when he comes back and he says, what would you do with my Holy Ghost? I kept it. Well, what would you add to it? Well, I can quote Acts 2.38. What did you add to the experience of me that I gave you? Did you study? Did it change the way you work? Did it change the way you live your life in balance or out of balance? Did you let me deal with you about your issues? Did you let me talk to you? Were you patient? Did you ever revere me? Did you do what you did and you stop your mouth because you were like, why did you, why, just say it, just say what you think. Mm. What are you doing? I'm practicing godliness. I'm practicing reverence. Why are you spending so much time with brother? Why do you pray for them? Why do you? Go? I'm practicing brotherly kindness. Why? Because I'm hoping and practicing all those things. Suddenly, God Himself will let me practice agape love, which is the kind of love of which Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this. Finally, you just break out. You just, I'm going to lay down my life. Lord, whatever you need me to do, it's not about me anymore. That's a level of maturity. He said, I want you to add it. 
You say, well, why is that important? Because in the book of Revelation, where we're headed, he said, if you're going to overcome the dragon, you're going to do it by three things. And the third one, we know the first two, but the third one is they loved not their lives to the death. When I'm trying to practice selfless love, that's my rapture drill. I'm like, God, there is an hour of me, my, I, myself, my stuff, my things. What is he going to do for me? And God knows we're all feeling the need to preserve and save and protect. But Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, I'm going to see to it that you get it back. And when that dragon comes and says, you need to be worrying about your Self. The Bible said we overcame him through the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And I said, I'm not going to be selfish. I refuse. What are you doing? I'm practicing charity. I've never been asked to die for somebody just to deny myself for Jesus. Now, verse 8. If these things be in you and abound, he said, you can't have some little old teeny tiny planting. He said, you need to plant a crop every chance you get. And I'd like to tell you that the field on which we practice these things is clear and beautiful. It's already got grass and it looks like a golf green. But I'm going to tell you most of us have rocky lives. And the only place we can sow these things is right where we are. And I know that Zoom meetings are driving you nuts. I can, I, they suck my brain right out of my head. And it's so difficult to do them. And, and this is not my favorite thing to look at an empty building and a red light and a, and a screen. I, 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 I hate it. But I'm telling you right now, I am trying to practice some things that are written in that list by faith that I can be a partaker. And I don't want to do just a little bit. I want it to be a abundant it says super abundance not a little piece of patience here and there well I was patient back in 1933 I'm telling you now is the time to practice now when you're with your family and your kids and your mama and them he said if it's in you and you just keep getting up and going at it again and it abounds they make you They make you. They start taking over the weeds. He said, they make you that you shall neither be barren. Well, I, God, I about fell out of my chair when I looked up barren. Because I thought I knew what barren meant. It means you didn't produce anything. But you know what it means? It means free from labor. At leisure. Lazy. It says, if this is in you, you can't sit on your rear end and do nothing. You'll be getting up doing something to help somebody. You, you, he said, this will keep you going. It'll keep you from sitting there and gazing at your navel and analyzing your life and yourself and your complexities. He said, if this is in you, it's going to push you. It says, barren is free from labor, at leisure, lazy, shunning the labor one ought to perform. Well, I ought to be doing it, but I don't feel like it right now. He said, if, this is my life. This is going to save me. If I got this stuff going on in me, it's going to prompt me. Get up. Pray. 
read the Bible. Push that plate back. Be sweet to those little kids. You better fear God. Don't let that come out of your mouth. He said, you need an abundant harvest of this to keep your mouth, your mind, and your actions. Oh, raise your hand, Jesus. We thank you right now. We just stopping right now. We've got to have every bit of it, Lord. We want to be rapture ready, and it's time to add. It's time to add. It's time to add. Unfruitful. He said, you won't be barren, you won't be lazy, and unfruitful. You know what unfruitful is? Not yielding what it ought to yield. Say, well, I feel like I should be doing more. I guarantee you, I have said that so many times. And you know what that voice is? Girl, you better be adding those virtues of Second Peter. That's what that is. That's, I feel like I'm missing something. Yes, go back to that list. I'm pointing right here. I didn't point at you. I'm not doing enough. You better go back to the list. What are you absent? What are you lacking? Get to the list. What don't you have going on? Get on it. He said, you won't be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you've got Judas. You've got 111th or 112th was barren and unfruitful. 11 out of 12 produced. I do not want to be 112th. Judas knew Jesus and didn't produce a thing because he was filled with lust. Lust for money. Didn't do even be good to have his feet washed, to eat Passover, to dip the sop, to see the miracles. He saw it all, but his God was money and he never got a hold of Jesus Christ and it never changed him. Verse 9, he that lacketh these things, guess what lacketh mean? Does not have it in store and at the ready. Dear God, if that doesn't sound like oil in your lamp, I don't know what does. He said, he that doesn't have this in the storehouse is blind. So I said, why would you say blind and cannot see? Do you know what blind means? Mentally blind. It means you sit in a church service and you don't get one word. It doesn't penetrate you. He said, if you don't have those things going, he can get up and expose revelation and, and, and your brain is supposed to be clicking. And he said, if you haven't practiced what Second Peter says, revelation one don't mean nothing to you and you just sit there. Say, well, I don't understand it. No, I'm not talking about somebody who's hungry to learn. I'm talking about every service that goes right over your head. I can't afford for this to go over my head. It's got to land in my heart. He said, if you don't have it going, you're blind. You can't see. Well, I looked at that, and you're not going to like this either. It means you shut the eyes. I can't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't want to get it. I'm not getting it. Those virtues, once you get to adding, they demand that you open your eyes and see what's in front of you. But not just in front of you. He said, they cannot see. They can only see what's near, but they can't see what's coming. I'm going to tell you, we need to be discerning of the hour. The sun is rising and setting. The birds are singing. The trees are in bloom. And something amazing and awful is happening under a blue sky. We've got to be discerning. It's time to add. It's time to add. He said, you've forgotten that you were purged from your own sins, your old sins. I said, what does forgotten mean? You're not going to like this either. Cannot receive. 
cannot obtain. Sit and listen and can't, can't pull anything out of it. I'm moving on. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence, hurry up, hasten. I'm telling you, start tonight. You say, I'm, I'm lacking seven out of seven. Get busy. Get on it. Get on it. Whatever you've got to do, get on it. He said, do it with diligence. Make speed. Exert yourself. Get yourself fired up. Work yourself up and say, I'm going to do better. He said, give diligence to make your calling. Did the Lord invite me or not? This is about the Lord, not Pastor Showstrand. This is about the Lord, not my mama or daddy. This is about the Lord. This is me and Jesus. Jesus, did you invite me? I've got to get back to you. He said, you make your election sure. He said, you make sure, did Jesus call you? or not did he choose you election is I chose you if you lose sight of who chose and called then hey none of this matters he said I want you to make it sure that means stable fast firm sure and trusty you keep checking it Lord am I still with you are you still with me I check it every day say why are you checking it the same reason why a soldier cleans his gun every day and oils it because at some point you're going to need to pull the trigger hallelujah and if we're going to be rapture ready we've got to add he said if these things if you do these things you shall never fall so you know what I did I looked up fall it says to make a mistake to sin, to fall into misery, or become wretched. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, I thank you for this time to study your word. It's a luxury. The rest of the world is wringing their hands. I saw the title of an article today that said, It's happening. People are having to choose whether to pay bills or buy food. Lord, this is a wake-up call for us again. You have come to us and told us what we need in our personal lives. Our lives under quarantine and in isolation. I don't know when you're coming and I don't know when this is going to let up, but I know that we need to go shopping. We need to go shopping to pick up the things that we need to fulfill this scripture. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you, while I ask the singers and musicians to come, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands and pray with me. Pray for yourself, for your home, for your mind, for your heart, that you will be pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord will give us these things to add. We need to add these things to our faith. We need to add them. We need the Lord to strengthen us in these things. God, come down. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. I'm going to sing an old song. If you know it, I want you to sing with me.